I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today's topic is resilience, and this week's guest is Professor Teresa Agostinelli, and she'll share her groundbreaking techniques for strengthening resilience by tapping into challenges as a source of powerful transformation. Teresa is a superpower activator, author, speaker, and psychotherapist. With a master's in psychotherapy and a life of surmounting the odds, she became a change agent to help others. After a series of tragic loss, she dug deep, put on her cape, and found her superpower. You can't control what happens in life, but you can manage your reaction and get back on track. She believes that life is not happening to you, but for you. And if you change your mindset, you can change your life. When we come back, Teresa will share her paradigm-shifting practices to skyrocket to personal success while empowering others to find more of what's good in their lives. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Professor Teresa Agostinelli, lovingly known as Prof T from Philly, is president and CEO of Glenn Mills Coaching and Consulting, a licensed psychotherapist, professor, and certified John C. Maxwell leadership coach, international speaker, and business mentor. Her highly anticipated book, The Grid System, is launching this month. Prof T has been teaching resiliency for decades, and her road to resilience is beyond inspiring. It's my honor to welcome Professor Teresa Agostinelli to Shot at Love today. So without further ado, welcome, Prof T. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today. You are amazing. I love your energy. You're just so upbeat and you have so much gratitude and you can tell when, when I hear you speak, you just make the best of everything. And I don't think everybody operates like that. So I'm truly inspired by you. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited for you to share your story and your road to resilience. You really are incredible to me and inspiring. So you're the youngest of four and you grew up in a loud Italian family filled with trauma and drama, which led you to the work that you do today. Tell us a little bit about your background. So I am a licensed clinical psychotherapist. I'm also a certified John Maxwell leadership coach. And I am a, a professor at a local university here in the Philadelphia area, adjuncts, which means part-time. So, yep, I have also been in the field of mental health and wellness for 20 years. Started out with my own private practice, uh, turned it into an agency, and now I am um, providing coaching services and mental, mental health and wellness strategies, mindset techniques for companies organizations, as well as uh, individuals. That's great. So you have been inspired to help people make the best of their lives and be the best version of themselves. And this goes back to a series of tragic losses that you endured starting in your 20s. And this was the beginning of your road to resilience. Tell us what happened when you were 26. So when I was 26 years old, my husband died suddenly of a blood clot to the lung. Um, it was sudden and it was quick. And I suddenly found myself 
a widow and a single mother overnight. And I had few resources, no job, few skills. And back in the day, now you have to remember this was in the 90s. It wasn't that long ago. Um, when that happened to me, I, I was considered a displaced housewife. That was the term they used, displaced housewife, because I had no job, uh, I had no skills, and I had no husband. And I was a single mother. So it was a very interesting time in my life. And that was the series, first of a series of tragic events that took place um, pretty much over the next 20, 30 years of my life. So now this term, displaced housewives, I had never heard it until I heard you speak about it. And you vowed to yourself to never be labeled as displaced anything. And so early on, you made a decision quickly that you were going to be resilient and that you were going to change the course of your life to provide the best life you could for your child. What was your mindset like, or what do you think happened to you that you decided to move forward so positively? Well, I didn't decide to be resilient. It was a work in progress, which is another reason I'm so passionate about helping people work through trauma and drama, um, because I was really suffering from anxiety and depression when my husband died, and a year and a half later, my brother died in a car accident. And I was just starting to um, starting to get used to being, you know, a widow and a single mother. And my brother died, and so that was really another jolt and a shock to my system. And so I ended up um, not doing too good. I was self sabotaging. I was self medicating, and I was significantly depressed. So. I remember one night being at a restaurant with my son. He was little at the time. And I began putting food in my in my pocketbook because I was so afraid. I used to be so afraid that I wouldn't be able to provide for my son. And I just looked at myself. I looked around and, and I looked at my son and I thought, what am I doing? And it was indicative of me stuffing my feelings Um living in fear and scarce mentality. And I, I vowed to my son that I would never allow him to feel fear, worrying about food or a place to live. And I, I made a promise in my heart to him that I would do everything in my power to become successful and help him to become a, as successful as possible. And that's kind of what started me on my journey. So I decided to, I decided to do something about it, like you said. And I got honest with myself, and I began to invest in my personal and professional development and my education. And I began studying human development, human behavior, psychology, and that was uh, that was the beginning of my journey because I believe that mindset is so important, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Absolutely. And so now you become really fascinated and interested in resiliency and you start to study psychology and that led you into the work that you do today. And you learned all this amazing information about resiliency and you're starting to get your life on track and better yourself 
and another tragedy hits. Right. So, so here's what, here's what I found. I had been studying psychology and I had been studying human development. And what I found out was that by the time you're two or three or four, you have downloaded enough mental DNA in your, in your brain, like a computer, we download information. And I found that by the time you're two or three or four, we've downloaded enough mental DNA, I call it, to last us well into our years. Um, It it frames the, the way we view money, relationships, spirituality, career. Um, And, and so what I found that for folks who are traumatized and dramatized, I call it, they have, they have downloaded the, the DNA based on those early influencers in our lives, like parents, caregivers, schoolyard bullies, teachers, uh, community leaders, those who are influencing in our lives. And if it's negative, you download that. And that's what I found was where I needed to learn resilience. So my, I began to get my life together. And um, I began to, um, you know, um, go to church and get my life together. And I was working and I, you know, went back to school. And then I met um, Vince, Vince Agostinelli. And we were friends and we were dating for a little bit. And then we, you know, we decided to um, take a break. And then his sister and her baby were murdered. Mm. And that was absolutely devastating. So um, we began to, uh, I actually helped the family and we, we began to realize that we were, we were probably meant to be together and trauma meets trauma. Let's put it that way, right? Trauma meets trauma. And so that was the beginning of another journey because back then we didn't realize uh, the, the effects of mental health, um, the person that murdered her and the baby w- was just a random murder, mm. double murder. And back, you know, we didn't realize the level of mental health issues that were back then that we, that we know now. So that was another part of my journey. Um, and, and I was learning resilience through these things, through what I was learning in, in education, through what I was learning in helping people. So I realized that there were, there were four reasons why I saw that people were getting stuck. And that's where the book came into play. Now, I started writing the book. Because I saw clues to why people were getting stuck, why they were self-sabotaging. I saw uh, very significant um, reasons why people who were traumatized or dramatized were either able to tap into resiliency or not. Mm. And that was that was my quest for how can I use what I'm learning in my own journey? How can I use what I'm learning with with my clients, my patients? How can I use that to reach a broader audience? And that's why I started writing the book. Well, what I liked what you told me was that your parents, you learned from your parents resiliency the most. They were your greatest teachers. And sadly, you've lost both your parents during the pandemic. And my heart went out to you on Mother's Day 
and I couldn't stop thinking of you because the loss of your parents is so significant. And you have used that loss to push you to get this book published. Is that true? Yes. So, so moving fast forward a little bit, um, uh, my second brother, um, subsequently committed suicide and nobody saw that coming. And again, that just, you know, this, this was something that fueled my passion to help more people and delve deeper into psychology and the study of the human mind and human behavior. Um, and I watched my parents suffer not one loss of a child, but two losses of a child. And they stuck together. And my parents were together um, up until their passing. Uh, they were together for 65 years. 65 years. They they married as uh, <laughs> they were they were in high school back in the day. You you were allowed to, to do stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So my parents married very young and they stayed together. And so when my, my mother died on November 19th of this, um, this past holiday. So, so let me just, um, quickly share that 2021 was great for me. I was doing what I love to do. Even in the midst of a pandemic, I was speaking, I was teaching, I was coaching, I was counseling. Things were looking good. Clubhouse was just uh, an amazing uh, app that I found. And so, you know, I really began to feel like 2021 was the beginning of a great year. And then my mother died in November and devastated, devastated. And then my father died a couple of weeks later on Christmas day, Mm. Christmas day, my father passed away a couple of weeks after my mother due to COVID complications. And so that was my ultimate test of resiliency because uh, they were my heart. They were my rocks. Mm. And what I found was it was the exact kick in the pants I don't know if I can curse on your app here. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you want. It was, it was the kick in the pants I needed to get this book out, to help as many people as I could, to help people learn to tap into the mental muscle of resilience, to help people to learn how to overcome challenges, setbacks, and adversities, and to help people find clues as to why they might be stuck and help them cultivate a prosperity mindset and create a new narrative. What I do is I help people change the blueprint of their life to create a new narrative. And that's what the grid is. And the book's called The Grid System. I love that. And I can explain if you want. I can explain what that means if you'd like. I just want to make a comment because your parents, I think this is like such an incredible way to honor your parents and their love and their commitment to each other and their commitment to you as a parent. And you watched how they handled the loss of two children and how resilient they were and showing up every day for each other. And so I just am proud of you because you're living your life by example that they showed you. And now you'll have this book that will help so many people. I just, I just think it's incredible. And people did amazing things during the pandemic, yourself included. And you interviewed entrepreneurs on your Facebook page and your YouTube channel. 
And the common thread with all these people that you interviewed, and, and we can talk about your book as well, but they made up their minds that they would stay the course. They made up their minds that they wouldn't quit and they would just focus on the wins rather than the setbacks. So, so you can either, I'm guessing that the book touches upon this resiliency. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Because what I, what I had found was that with a lot of my clients over the years, you know, people, lots of people were suffering tragedies uh, and, and setbacks and challenges. And, and I wanted to know why some people were able to overcome and, and why some people weren't. And I found it was all mindset. But there were there were there was a quadrant that I saw. There were four common denominators that were keeping people stuck, and one of them was um, what what I call catastrophic thinking. Okay. Because when you live from trauma and drama, everything is a crisis. And what I found with a lot of my my journey, a lot of my patients and my clients, the trauma is crisis oriented. And so you go from day to day living in crisis, waiting for another crisis and expecting crisis. That's catastrophic thinking. And a lot of times it's hard to get past that. Another clue was lingering in the loss. Lots of losses, compounded loss, we call it. Compounded losses, one thing after another. I'm, I'm an example of compounded losses. Once you get your breath and you, you get your bearings, bam, something else. So lingering in that, just not able to get past all the losses. And then another thing was feelings of unworthiness. I see that a lot. I saw it with me. I see it a lot, especially with women clients. You know, you know, why should I be able to have it all? Why should I be able to be successful? I'm not worthy. We, you know, when people are traumatized and dramatized, a lot of us, many people I had seen had gone through life being told they were unworthy, being told they would amount to no good, being told they would never be like so-and-so. And then the E was excessive worry, excessive worry about what other people think. I found that for me um, and for many people who are trauma-oriented, who lived in trauma and drama, they're people pleasers. And we always want everybody to be happy. What will they think if I do this? What will they think if I do that? So, so I found that many of my clients and myself included always worried about what other people were thinking. And I saw that those were the four common denominators. And then I came up with a process to help people get through that. And that's the grid. And it's, it's based on the premise that I believe that we're all born with a psychological grid that we fill in over time. And it takes me back to my point I made earlier. I researched and I found out through some of my studies that by the time you're two or three or four or five, you've downloaded enough mental DNA and it's, and the psychological grid gets filled in based on those influencers. Did you have trauma and drama? How are you filling it in? And so that's where the grid came in. And the G is an acronym. The G means get honest. That's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. Get honest with yourself. It's okay to say, hey, this this sucks. My life sucks right now. Um, my life is full of trauma and drama. It's okay. Just get honest. Get a starting point. And then the R is for being able to replace the negativity and release it. Release all of that trauma and drama. 
and replace it with with peace and prosperity and abundance. And then the eyes for investing. Uh, you know, I found that for me, I had to invest in my in my education, in my personal and professional development. And I help people by helping them to invest in, in their personal and professional development and then invest in others. Right. One thing I've noticed with successful people, Curry is the most successful people are givers I agree. and they invest in others. So it's kind of like I'm give you a visual. If you're going to the top of a mountain and you're climbing by yourself, and when you finally get up there, turn around and put your arm out and say, here's the way, come with me. Right. Come on, come on up here with me. And that's, I'm very passionate about that. I'm getting chills as I speak now because I remember somebody sharing that, that picture with me. And I thought, that's how I want to live my life. I love that. It's true. And then. And that's, that's, for me, that has helped me to help others tap into their resilience. That's how I learned resilience, by investing in myself and investing in others. We all learn from each other, right? Yeah. And I'm no different from anybody. We're all the same. We are all, we are all born with the same amount of eyes, right? The same amount of ears, hands, arms, right? We all put our pants on the same way. But what makes us different is how we process, how we process challenges, setbacks, adversities, how we process finances, how we process our career, how we process um, things that happen to us. And then finally, the D in the grid is develop discipline. It's not an overnight. I was not an overnight success. <laughs> People mm. look at me and go, oh my gosh, your life was perfect. My life was far from perfect. Oh my goodness, I have so many stories I could share, but time wouldn't permit. But perfect, no. But what I did was I disciplined myself. The days that I felt like I can't get out of this bed, I don't want to see anybody. The days that I felt like I wanted to give up, take my life, which there were several, I I had to make a constant conscious effort and intentionalize, intentionalize. I lived intentionalizing each day. And that's what I found was the most productive day when I was able to just get up, intentionalize the day. Mm. And, and, and those were the days that I found were very productive. Interesting. So you used your pain, you used the pain in your life to catapult forward. Yes. What I like to say to that is use your pain to propel you into your purpose, the three P's, the PPP. See, I, mm. I turned, I turned it around. Use your pain to propel you into your purpose. And I, I, I believe that. that, I believe that that's what gave me the resilience. I tapped into the pain. I tapped into the drama. I tapped into that and was able to propel myself into my purpose. Right. And you knew that you had gone through these challenging times and you survived. And so your resilience taught you who you are, who you were, and where you were going. And when everyone was panicking during COVID, you doubled your business. Yes. And it was really, it was just very, it was simply because... I had seen that 
a lot of my friends and colleagues were going out of business. And I thought, I don't want to see my friends and colleagues going out of business because they're not doing business. So I really just got on my Facebook page and started calling my friends and colleagues. Hey, do you want, can I interview you? Let me, let me shine a light on you, on your business. I truly believed that we were going to get through this. I truly believed that we were going to come on out on the other side of this. And I didn't want to see my friends lose their business or their company. So that's what I did. I actually just started interviewing people. And um, the segment was called May I Introduce You? And I was just introducing my colleagues and friends and letting um, my listeners and my followers see see who these people were so that they could connect and, and network. And then I started getting um, connected with different people all over the world. And I started getting invitations to be on podcasts, television shows, um, Facebook and, and radio shows all over the world, right from my computer. It was amazing. I was on TV in Malaysia, Canada, uh, West Michigan. I was on podcasts in, um, in India, Pakistan, Canada, um, I was doing radio shows all across the country. It was so amazing. And that's why I truly believed that I was able to tap into my resilience and keep pressing forward. And that's why I'm passionate about this book to help people see that you can overcome anything. It's a mindset. You can overcome anything with the right mindset. I love that. Well, the other thing that you learned about yourself is that you need to take action. So resilient people make decisions quickly and those decisions that they make quickly creates the action. So your action was, I'm going to live now. I'm going to live in the moment and not live in the past, not live in the future. And one of the things that you teach or the one of the things that you say is, it's now a clock because now is all we have. I love that so much. So why is it so important to live in the present moment and not get stuck in the past? Oh, that's a great question. And I'm so glad you said that. Yes, my now o'clock, that's become one of my uh, favorite terms. Because I I truly believe that we, look, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We have now. We need to maximize the now, make the best of now. It's mindset. And I learned to be grateful. And that's a chapter in the book. Gratitude is the highest form of vibration. And so when we are living in the now and being grateful for the now, we can celebrate the now. And that will actually, it actually multiplies itself. Studies have shown when, when, you're, when you have an attitude of gratitude, you can multiply that, that feeling of peace, prosperity, gratitude. So I truly believe the power of now lingering in the past. It doesn't, it doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, You know, it's, it's always wonderful to remember where you've come from. My past has made me who I am today. And a lot of people may not agree with that, but my past has made me who I am today. Now I don't linger there. I use it as a gift and, and it's propelling me into my purpose. So that's why I believe that we are able to live in the now 
use the past as, as a springboard and a gift, but don't live there because that's just a, a rabbit hole. Right. No one, no one gets any benefit out of just replaying the past over and over and over. Right. You talk about this science and rewiring and reprogramming your brain, and, and you talk about this in your book. And we can go back and look back to find the early influencers to figure out their route, but how do we balance that? Looking back, but then not staying there. What did you do? How great would it be to find the love of your life? The man of your dreams. Do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful? Well, I have exciting news. I've created your best shot at love masterclass. I cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years. If you enroll in this class, you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new. If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey. I had to work really hard not to linger in the past because a lot of it was very uh, depressing. I mean, I what I found was that neuroscience has proven that you can change the rewiring of your brain because like a plant, let's consider this picture. You have two plants, the same exact plant. One you're putting in a nice little um, windowsill, you're giving it plenty of water, you're giving it lots of sunshine. You might even talk to the plant, sing to the plant, right? Another plant you put in a closet and you water it once in a while and you kind of check on it and, okay, which plant's going to thrive? Right. And so I found that we have to water ourselves, we have to take care of ourselves, we have to self-care and with the proper amount of care you can overcome anything and that's what I believe for me that I had to make that decision to just do whatever I needed to do to survive and I had people also you know helping me along the way I don't know if that answers your question but what I want to say is that your brain can actually change shape because studies have shown that people who have been traumatized and dramatized at young ages, very young ages, their brains change form. They may not grow at the same speed, the same rate, and they will actually change shape. But we have found that with proper um, meditation, with proper mental health care, with gratitude, they, they have shown the neurons in our brain, first of all, will duplicate and replicate and they will change. 
So the more positive you become, the more positive you become, the more negative you become, the more negative you become. Right. So it's very interesting. And that's how I help people understand um, that they can change anything in their lives. They can change the result of a situation simply by mindset. I agree. And negativity breeds negativity. And I think we're conditioned to just hear the word no or think the worst. And especially in finding love, people get so upset with the setbacks and the bad dates and getting ghosted and things not working out that they get depressed and stay in the nose or the rejection. And that's a big problem when dating. Or you can look at it another way and reframe it and say, with each no brings you closer to a yes. Now, what are your thoughts or your strategies around these setbacks, say for someone dating or being conditioned to hear the word no? So that's a great question. Um, I, I have found that like attracts like, and I have, I have, for 20 years, I've been helping people find a voice. So I really do believe that what you speak out into the universe, you get, and I've worked with so many people um, who, who had relationship issues and dating issues. And this is what I say. Imagine going to a restaurant and you're sitting there with a menu. Now you're looking at the menu and you're certainly not going to order what you don't want. Nobody would ever think to order what they don't like. So when the server comes over, you have to tell the server what you want and you say what you want to have, not what you don't want to have. Right. And so you have to verbalize your desire, right? You can have anything on the menu. Isn't it great? You can have chocolate lava cake for dinner if you want to at a restaurant. You can have apple pie. You can have a steak. You can have whatever's on that menu. And then you order it. And and then once you order, the server will go back. And and what I find a lot of times is we're very impatient. So so consider it maybe are are you jumping up every five minutes, checking the kitchen, checking with your server, you know, or, or are you patiently waiting? So that's a part of the process. So, so you have to find your voice. You have to pick what you like and you have to verbalize what you want. Cause I really believe in verbalization, verbalizing to the universe, what we want and visualizing what we want. And then we wait. And many, many times people, they, they forget the waiting part. And when, when you jump the gun or get ahead of yourself, sometimes in dating, you may end up with the wrong person. So what I have found is that like that menu, you've got to verbalize what you want and then you wait for that order to come your way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's good. I wonder about your relationship and your story of finding love because it's kind of unconventional. You met at church, but then you both had some tragic events and that brought you closer together. When you were on your journey to finding love you didn't did you have this information that you write about today or did you just have faith that love would find you and you weren't looking for it well I was I was in the midst of you know uh, my career and I was um, you know going back to educating myself and going into higher education and 
I think that because of the empath in me, that when when Vince's sister was murdered and her baby was murdered, we had we had begun talking again and I was with the family through the whole trial and that's a whole nother story. But um, yeah, so, so I really truly believed that, that it was a relationship that was ordained from the beginning of time because I truly believe that things don't happen by accident or, or uh, coincidence or kismet or, you know, just, I just really believe that there is a grand book somewhere the book of life as we say and things that are in it are already destined for you for me for everyone and that's how I live my life so I truly believed that that relationship was supposed to have happened and so you know that's you know I'm not a relationship expert so I can just say that my experience was what I had suffered, what I went through, um, it made us both stronger. And we've been together for, it'll be 25 years this, this year. I love So that. I learned, this is what I learned, that you, you, you just stick it out. I mean, there are things that happen in life. Nobody likes everybody every day. Um, marriage is not for the faint hearted. And when you go through trials and tragedies, I can tell you that, you know, in my 20 years of counseling and coaching, many marriages did not last COVID. They didn't last the pandemic. They didn't last, um, they didn't last um, death. They didn't last losing um, a loved one. And specifically losing a child is a big hit to any relationship. So I have seen that over the years, but you know, we decided this is it. We're going to make it work. And my parents were always of the mindset that no matter what is going on, you stick it out, you do it together, you make it work and be an example to others who are suffering. I like that. And I think sticking it out, you know, not quitting on each other is a really important piece of a successful relationship. And when you tap into that resilience, you're so much more powerful than those who quit. Because no matter yes. what, you are never going to give up on your dream of finding love or your dream of staying in a great relationship. And it's when one person quits that it falls apart. So those two people have to always show up and keep fighting. Because there are bad days and relationships, whether you're just dating or married, but the, the journey to success is when you feel off track, you can't bail. You can't bail on that other person. So I would say resiliency, which you're an expert in, is a superpower when dating or when trying to find love, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely say that. And that's such a great point because I wanted to just say this because I've had a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, I'm doing this and this and that person isn't isn't doing this and that. Hey, tap into your resilience. One person who taps into their own resilience is more powerful. And I say this all the time. One person who can tap into their own resilience is more powerful than 5000 who have not. Right. And it doesn't matter what the other person's doing. 
And this is what I teach in my, in my trainings. And in, you know, it's, you know, it's in the book. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. Okay. It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you're doing. And so if you are living your best life, you are tapping into resilience. You're living your best self. You're doing everything you can to invest in yourself. And I believe that that is enough to keep the relationship going because what will happen is that person will see that and will tap into that with you or they will not. Either way, you are, I believe you, I, we, we owe it to ourselves to be our best self. And when you are your best self, you will attract the best in other people. So this is what I said there. When you are at your best self, you will attract the best in someone else. And I truly believe that. I agree. So when you're focused on the positive things in your life and focused on the wins, you will attract more suitable people or, or more winners in your life. Yes. Yes. And that is, uh, that's a really big key because what most people want is, is they want more out of life. And that's why I wrote the book because have you ever looked up in the sky? There's gotta be more to life than this. Right. I've done that. So many people have done that. And, and I wanted to just let people know that, yes, there is more to life. We are, you know, we are created as God created us. We are created in the image of God. We are the highest form of creation. We're not trees. We're not animals. We're not plants. We're human beings. So we have the ability to become all that we were created for. I truly believe that. I agree. But here's the thing is that success doesn't fall out of the sky. Now I showed up every day when dating and was consistent and handled the follow through by going on dates and lather, rinse, repeat. I did it over and over again until I became successful. And did I cry on my way home sometimes? And did I have heartbreak and bad dates? It wasn't pretty, but I I was not going to give up on finding love. And you had a great example of how there are challenges and adversities before success. And one of the examples that you said on your podcast, Road to Resilience, was about Nick Foltz, the Super Bowl MVP for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I love this because the New England Patriots angle and the Super Bowl of 2018. And this, his story of how he was going to have this winner's mindset. And no matter what you're doing, if you're dating or playing a sport or finding love in a church, whatever that may be, it's that mindset that you speak about so much. Yes, absolutely. And here's what, and, and, and this is what I wanted to, to leave with, um, Here's what success means. Success is doing what other people are afraid to do. Success means doing what the one, two, three percent are doing. Because, you know, 90 to 95 percent of the world is living in their comfort zone, right? Yeah. That's it. They may never go any farther than where they are. Okay. It's that 
you know, one, two, three, four, five percent. So I encourage people take massive action. Do you want better relationships? Do you want better finances? Do you want better health? Do you, do you want better um, mental health and wellness? Do you want better physical health and wellness? Take massive action. And that's how you bring yourself to success. And success that. means something different for everybody. So uh, it's a very subjective word. But take massive action. Do what other people won't do. Like you just said earlier. You know what? Show up and show out and show the world. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great. And you are so resilient and you're so positive and be grateful and show up and keep trying and never quit. I think we need to hear these things more than ever. And I think it's so inspiring that you're trying to help all these people. Tell us where people can find you on social media and about the launch of your book. Yeah. So I do have, uh, I have an, in, I'm on Instagram, TeresaMarie.coach. I'm on Clubhouse, Prof T. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Professor Teresa Augustinelli. And I'm on Facebook, Teresa Marie um, and Professor Teresa Augustinelli. And I do have a link um, that I can, people can either DM me or I can send it to you. I have a link if you want to be on the pre-order book. Uh, the book should be out any day now. Um, believe it or not, there's like paper shortages. The pandemic mm. has caused a lot of issues for publishers and authors. Yes. So, um, yeah, the book should be out any day now. And I'm and I was hoping I'm excited because May is actually uh, National Mental Health Awareness Month, the month of May. So the, the book's coming out at a great time. And, you know, Carrie, now that people are going back to work. People are um, opening up their businesses again. There is a shift, and I'm seeing that people are excited to go back to work. People are excited to get back to business, but but our mental health has taken such a hit. I don't think we'll know the extent of the effects on the mental health and wellness of humanity. But I, it is my it is my pleasure and my passion to get to as many people and businesses as I can to, to help them establish coherent teams, um, connect the disconnected feeling and um, make cohesive teams because the bottom line is your bottom line. Right. And if your team is not coherent and, and is not uh, overcoming some of the mental health and wellness challenges, then that will affect your productivity and so that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm helping people to, to uh, come back stronger than ever and um, be, become successful in any area of life that I, they choose. I love that. It's so true. And we all can do it. We all have the same superpowers that you have. And I think just reminding people that they too can put on their cape and do it is sometimes all they need to hear. So thank you so much for sharing your story about your road to resiliency and coming on the show today. I thought you were amazing. Oh, man, you made it so easy and just such a, a pleasure to talk with you. I'm really excited about all of the things that are coming for all of us. Um, we're coming back stronger 
and we're coming back better and and I'm so excited. So thank you for allowing me to share that and share my story. I hope it helps. Um, I I really appreciate this opportunity. You're such a, an amazing person and I love your energy as well. Oh, thank you. Well, you know what? You can do it and we all can come back stronger and better and we'll be stronger and better people for it. So thanks again for coming on Shot Love today. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks, everybody. God bless you. And for now, this week's Shot at Love dating tips that are inspired by our guest, Professor Teresa Agustinelli. Number one, it's now o'clock. You've got to live in the now because now is all we have. Number two, Before you reach success, there will always be adversities and challenges. The key is to soldier on and not quit. If you've lived through tough times, you can do it again. Just keep going. Number three, focus on the wins. When you're focused on the wins, you make better decisions and attract winners into your life. Number four, remember Prof T's three P's. Use the pain to propel you into your purpose. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for. To help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Shot at Love is now airing on iHeartRadio Live on Power Me Up Radio Talk 24-7. Tune in to the station with heart on iHeart. Stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. I'm Carrie Brett and we'll see you next time.